Merson has scored it. the legend Paul Merson, John O'Shea and Wes Brown are coming to Dublin. It's an exclusive off-air event. So if you want to be there, get on to offtheball.com forward slash events. Just eat the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you as always. Just give you some scores before we get into the conversation here. Sligo 1 6, New York 3 points in the Connacht football semi final at Markievicz Park. 20 minutes gone. Antrim 1 11, Dublin 12 points in the Hurling and Leinster, the Round Robin at Cargan Park at Belfast half time. Kerry had beaten Kildare 1 17 to 14 points in the John McDonough Cup at Hawkfield. In the Women's Six Nations, uh, England lead Ireland 20 points to nil at Musgrave Park after 35 minutes. In the Women's Champions League semi-final, Barcelona won Chelsea nil in their first leg full-time score and Galway United 2, Sligo Rovers nil at half-time at Eamon DC Park in the Women's Premier Division. Um, this is Football Saturday, folks. You're very welcome to the show. <coughs> Remember, Football and Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sports and Premier Sports. You can text us 53106. Tweet us at Off the Ball. We're streaming the conversation. You can listen across the country on your radio and news talk. Also watch us on the digital and social channels for Twitter at Off the Ball, YouTube, Facebook. We also podcast the show every week, folks. On the Off the Ball section of the Go Loud Network, it's also available wherever you get your pods. Delighted to have in studio the broadcaster and journalist, Johnny Ward, and the football correspondent of the Irish Independent, Dan McDonald. How are you both? Hey, JD. Good, JD. How was your week? Mm, just busy, you know, going to football matches, writing about football, just the usual. Living Talking the, yeah. about football, living the dream. Living yeah, the dream. yeah. That's it. Johnny's been doing a bit of racing, obviously, so he's been yeah. in the country. He was in Kilbegan, were you, on Thursday? Kilbegan met interviewing Jim Sheridan. Yes, the film <laughs> director. Like, um, but then I was in Back to Normal last night in Inchy Core um, for... Yeah, Jack Byrne came in, I think, wearing shades and uh, kind of didn't necessarily put on a show. He didn't have an American accent, no? No. Um, no, but he, he does have he does look a bit American. I think Jack is the type of fellow who'd get on well in America. Certainly would like it over there, but he uh, yeah, he was part of a Rovers team that fairly comfortably dispatched St. Pat's 2-0, and it's, um, it was an interesting night. Did you recognise Jim Sheridan when you saw him? Again? Oh, yeah, yeah, because like, I actually met him out randomly there last year and I would have watched the Sophie Tuscan Duplantia documentary, yes. so like that would have been, I suppose, that was only shot in the last two or three years so like Jim's getting on now he's what is he mid 70s or something but he's he, he's working on three projects at the moment one of them is a, an add-on to the Sofa Tusk on the mm. thing and another thing another one is about his mother growing up in Sheriff Street and the role of sort of the, the church and religion in, in the life of that time and um, I, I can't remember his other thing but he's he's not slowing down he's my left foot isn't he and in the name of the father yeah and um, he's done like if you look at his list, it's actually ex- really extensive. Um, and he was—he seemed to be very proud of the Sophie Tusk Conde Plantier um, one. The field, as well, I suppose, would be would be a very one of the greatest one. performances by Richard Harris mm. in that that movie. One of the greatest acting mm. performances. Um, Laro's on the line. Laro, were you a Richard Harris fan? Are you doing, John? All good? Yeah, good. Did you ever see the field? Did you ever see that movie, The Field? Mm, it, the baseball was it? Baseball no, no, movie? That's, uh, that's Field of Dreams. American, all right, but uh, <laughs> all right. Oh, well, it was almost there, wasn't it? Now, yeah. what, remind me what the field. Richard Harris about an argument over a field about an American who comes to Ireland and wants to buy a field, and Richard Harris is the farmer and he's very annoyed about it, and it gets all very violent, and uh, it's very Irish, west of Ireland. Richard Harris, um, early nineties. Yeah, I know yeah. him. Brilliant actor. I'll have to get it. I'll write it down in a minute. In the name of the father, as well. Uh, Yes. Yeah. So he'd. Yeah, he's done a lot of really profound stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Laura could have been an actor, I think. Reckon. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think mm. if you have the qualities for it, you have a. Nice no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. 
<laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's a very convincing face when he said that, to be yeah. fair. Graham Soonis was in Boys in the Black Stuff. Uh, I think I remember he, was, he had a cameo role in it. It was this kind of early 80s um, documentary. It was. A documentary about uh, unemployment in Liverpool. Wow. Who, who else was with him, John? Who else? I don't know. Can't remember. Sammy Lee. Sammy oh, Lee. Wow. There you go. There you go. Um, we got Premier League games going on. We got Liverpool in action at the moment against Nottingham Forest. At Anfield, seven minutes on the watch, no score. Uh, we have also games uh, at three o'clock, including Brentford, Aston Villa, Crystal Palace, Everton, Leicester, Wolves, um, Fulham against Leeds. Fulham two, Leeds one. Bad result for Leeds United. Right down the bottom of the table there in the Championship. Uh, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches, no goals in any of them so far. Um, so you were at the game between Pats and Rovers last night, lads. I was watching Arsenal, three-all draw, thrown it away, I feel. Um, three games they've had and only, what, three points out of nine. Laura, do you think they've blown it? Do you think Arsenal have blown the title? Um, yeah, I do. And I think, you know, obviously in two of those games, they were 2-0 up, certainly at Anfield, and then obviously the second game as well. And, you know, they had kind of capitulated a little bit. And, I mean, Bournemouth, remember when Bournemouth yeah. almost beat them, didn't they? And now, of course, obviously last night with, with Southampton, there's just something a little bit wrong there. They've not really changed the way they play. But I think it's, it's like anything, John, you know, to, to, win, to win that competition, sometimes you just have to win ugly. Um, but the main thing for me was if, if you are not conceding goals with the quality of players, forward players and midfield players that Arsenal have got, they'd have another four or five po- uh, pint, uh, points on top of that. So that that's that's their great problem. They will now be sat around the dressing room looking at each other and thinking, what, what's gone wrong? So this is the time when you really, really need the manager to come up with something. Um, whatever he says, whatever he does. Did they play to- uh, play City? They played City on Wednesday, Wednesday, yeah. When next Wednesday at the Etihad, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, I mean, massive, massive game. I mean, can you imagine Sky hyping this one up? It'd be unbelievable. Um, the, the only thing, Laura, is they kind of need to win it now. And in yeah, but, but maybe, maybe that in a way is it not might a bad help. thing. Yeah, it, yeah, might, it might because help. if they were like, you, you didn't really fancy them anyway. In the sense of if, if they go there, a draw is fine. At least it's hmm. kind of like it uh, makes it a clear narrative as to what they need to do. Not, whether they'll do it or not, I, I don't know. But it might help. Um, yeah, I, well, it, it basically, as far as you, you, your mind is and towards thinking about the game and going to play, no, knowing you, you have to win is far better than actually thinking a draw is good enough. And I think it puts you in the right frame of mind, most definitely. But I don't know, you know, I, I don't know what the manager's saying to the players. I don't know what the players feel, etc. But I, I, I would think privately rather than publicly, they're all thinking, you know what? we've probably lost our chance. I mean, they've had a, an outstanding season. They've been a really, really good team. But you cannot, at this stage of the season, come up with these results because in the end, um, you know, Manchester City, who are relentless, will basically just win the competition. Is it kind of two ways looking at it? You could have a look at it like it's Newcastle 96 or Liverpool 14 and they've lost their chance or they have been brilliant this season and they got something to build on. Yeah, like, well, sorry, in terms of going Arsenal, forward, yeah, like, going Arsenal. forward into the next season. Yeah. Well, yeah, in terms of the next season, I'm sure, I don't know, like, will they be, would they be scarred by it if they don't win this one? I wouldn't be so sure. I think it's probably still, you can spin, and, and in a way, that probably depends by how they finish it as well. Like, obviously, if the wheels come off completely, 
and then there's sort of some kind of recriminations or something then maybe it can be damaging but otherwise yeah sometimes the team what's that you know you need to lose one to win one you know that you sort of you know you get to you get to experience that and you're ready for next time and that's that's maybe you know they're also a young team as well and it's it's sort of it's difficult I know there's been situations with Saka's future and, and various talks but you, you'd assume they're going to keep most of their main players and okay next season they're going to have the Champions League and this European team they weren't dealing with this year um, but yeah no like, I mean I think it's, it's just very hard to see it ending any other way now even just the fact you know City at the moment are like, you know, again they're, they're playing you know this weekend they're playing an FA Cup semi-final this afternoon Sheffield United you know, a team with an eye on promotion. We'll see that. I'm sure they'll play a strong side, but you would feel like it mightn't be the most taxing one for them. You know, and mm-hmm. even the Bayern tie, how they managed to make that to remove a lot of the suspense, suspense from it in the first game. Um, they've just it's, it's it's played well for them, City. You know, they they don't look like a team that's really fatigued. No. You know, at this stage, it's like quite and, the opposite, actually. Yeah, yeah and that's yeah. that's the problem for Arsenal. That that City, you yeah. just don't see them stopping, do you? They, I think- so, to be honest with you, John, sorry, this this is this was the year that Arsenal have to win it um, because I think teams will get stronger. I think Liverpool will get stronger. You would hopeful as well that Chelsea will get stronger, etc. Manchester United, and I think if they're ever going to win it, this this has had to be the season. Um, and I just think they'll fall short. I mean, they've had an outstanding season, but I would think at, at, at the end of the day, you know, come whatever it is, last weekend in May. They'll be second in the league, and they'll sit around the dressing room looking at each other, thinking, "You know what? We should have won it." They have to give themselves the best shot, JD, like because their point, their points tally in the season they've had is outstanding. Yeah. Like, and if they, if you were to say mm-hmm. to one twenty three out of thirty two games, one, and, and you were, and you were to say like, if you can um, go into the last six games, and basically it's it's not only in your old hands, but like if you draw against Man City, it's still in your own hands, and then. Their next game is against Chelsea at home. I wouldn't fancy Chelsea to beat anyone at the moment. Then they play Newcastle away. But if they <laughs> if they beat Newcastle away, Laura, their last three games are Brighton at home, Forest away, and Wolves at home. So you do feel it's still within reach for them. It's just it, it, if 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 I were in um, Arteta's shoes now, I'd be probably just having a a team meeting and just saying we've had an outstanding season here but regardless of what happens let's finish this season really really well let's have the belief that we've shown all season and you know there's a good chance City are going to drop points somewhere um, and I, I think the key game could be that Newcastle game away um, because I I think if they if they go into the last three games in a good shape I think they'll win the three of them just Brighton are pretty good the Brighton at yeah, home yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know yeah they should but like mm. if Brighton it's inside the European them, spot as well yeah I think Brighton are a tricky team oh, they are. to face at the moment problem yeah. with the problem is City don't need to win now on Wednesday there's a five point gap and City have got two games in hand. Yeah, but yeah. So, but so, and City will want also. City are going to have obviously a very draining, and this is these are the factors. Like City are going to have a very draining Champions League semi final. You would think, you know, you would think yeah. that's going to be a tough two like a tie. So I think in City's mindset, it's thinking, yes, let's try and get this done on Wednesday as much as anything. You know, like just just win this game, and it gives City a cushion which they haven't had, and mm. that. I mean, they that just like I think yeah. I, I don't that, that isn't a coin fixture list for me for Arsenal to be honest. You know, I think that's a tough I think, that's a tough running. Yeah, I think is I think as well, John, is that um, City. I think every single person is fit. Are they not? Yes. Yeah. Which at this stage of the season mm. is is a little bit miraculous. So 
they're all wanting to play, obviously, because it's the business end of the season, win the competitions, etc. So you can imagine, you can imagine, in terms of all all the players. I mean, it's probably seventeen or eight of them, eighteen of them, all thinking they should be playing, and um, that will really, really push them on. And they they have got so much quality, as we know, they can even play without the big fella up front. Obviously, with however many goals he's got, they showed that against Liverpool. 48. And I just think, yeah, they are in a moment now where they've generally under Guardiola been in really, really good moments. But this this moment now, I think, for City is the best that they've had. And they've had the experience. They've had, obviously, making mistakes in the Champions League, etc., etc. Um, I think they'll go on and make a, a sweep of quite a few of the trophies, to be quite honest with you. And I think they're, they're sat in the dressing room now I think their feeling will be we could play every day this week and we mm. could win every game. And when you're in that mode, it's just like bring it on, whoever we play against, just bring it on, we'll take them on and, I, and obviously we'll we'll do the business. I wouldn't fancy like laying them to win the treble, but Laura, if you said to Pep now, you'll win the Champions League but not the Premier League, would he take it? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one 100%. thing Arsenal might have. It's not their priority, really. The league, it's it, like it's it isn't like they want to win the Champions League, and that's maybe the one little bit of hope they have. When you were like that at Liverpool, were you that way, Lara? When you were winning everything, were you like get, get it, get it on, bring it on? Yeah, you'd play every day. Honestly, seriously, would. Um, and you just you just get you just get in this. It's very difficult to describe. I think, obviously, in in terms of of you know your head's clear. Uh, your mind's clear. You kind of look around the dressing room, even in games where maybe you, you know you expected to win. You might be one nil down at half time. You look around the players that you had in the team, etc., and you think, "I oh, will do this today. Not worry." And um, more often than not, you got the job done. And um, yeah, and it's just it's just it's utter belief, and it's it's not arrogance, and it's not big headedness or anything like that. You just you just know sometimes in 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 these teams that whatever happens, you're going to win. Because you just have this belief and it makes a massive, massive difference. And I tell you what, it really, really does frighten opposition teams. They might go 1-0 up against you. And you know what they think? They don't think, like, hang on, we'll hang on, we'll win on, we'll win 1-0. They'll probably go, oh my God, it's coming. The tidal wave's coming. And, and that's exactly what happens. Yeah. And everybody's playing really at their peak at the moment. Stones is playing well. Diaz yeah. is playing well. Haaland is obviously a machine. Um well, what 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 about I mean, the way Roger. the way that they've gone about with the you know playing playing obviously defenders in midfield now, which everybody seems to be doing. Liverpool are doing that with Trent Alexander Arnold. It looks like etc. And um, you know that's is that easy to do, Laura? Was it easy to because you did both? Is it easy to do for Trent or for Stones? Or easy for Stones because because he's a good because he's a very good player. And he's good on the ball and he and, and he sees things and he's got if he does make a mistake, he's got the pace to recover. But when 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 you're playing a really good team, John, it's you just get caught up alongside alongside everything that happens in it. That's that's very, 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 very positive. And look, even before they started to put stones in there, I mean, most of the teams that they played against Manchester City had probably what 20, 25 percent possession, and, and now they've got even less. And then when you've got players in the team who can, you know, make goals, create goals, score goals, you look at it and you just think. Wow, you know what 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 a team to play in. But he's done well, Guardiola. We I think we've talked about this before that occasionally he overthinks it, 
I think he's maybe past that now. And I, I see them beating Madrid home and away um, because they should have done it, obviously, last year because, um, I mean, it was a, it was mad how they went out of that competition and the way that they went out. But, uh, yeah, I just I, I think they can virtually win er- everything they want to. It, this is the thing, though. It is really all down to that Champions League. And, like, it, they can win the Cup, they can win the league. But this is a failure of a season if they don't win the Champions League because they should be yeah. beating Real Madrid. They certainly should be beating one of the Milanese teams in the final. Um and they, they've no excuses. They've literally, they've, their whole team is available. They're coming in in peak form. And I just I just wonder mentally, will, uh, yeah. they, do, will they get yeah. over the line? I've, I just I've said, said this for the last five years. And yeah. I've been wrong every time. So look I think regardless of what you say, it's it's, it's in the background. And Real Madrid, I don't think it is. I think Haaland has made it not in the background. It's just, it's, it's, uh, John, you're going to make this mistake again, aren't you? <laughs> you were you're talking about like Istabrak's first champion hurdle last year or something. <laughs> like it's, uh, I mean, I mean, it's just, it's, like it's still cup football, the Champions League. You know, everything happens in the way that you think it should. And the fact is that they, they, they sort of beat Real Madrid last year. You but know, but they didn't. did. They yeah. did them for 178 minutes, and they still lost. But things that could have happened if Haaland was on the pitch or not. I know that Greenish had chances to win it or whatever. But like, it's. I mean, mad stuff can happen in these ties. You know, and it's it's happened to City before. So, I mean. You will be, as you said, you'll be right eventually. Yeah, yeah. You keep saying it, you will be right I'll, eventually. I'll be, I'll be 80. But, um, yeah, like <laughs> Madrid sort of know how to win these things as well, you know. Dude. Haven't been great away from home, the Champions League. Like even, uh, You're still on this Leipzig thing, aren't you? No, well, like, yes. even... <laughs> Johnny Johnny Ward invested heavily in the first leg of a Champions League tie and you're analysing it like it was the final. They hammered them in the second leg. They did, but, like, the, the other night even, like, Sané scores. Ah, uh, no, the City were good the other night. They were, they, they were in the... In they it, put it, it, it to bed, like, they didn't do anything stupid. But Sané should have scored, and then it's, it's a goal, and I'm wondering, I, I don't know, I, I, I they definitely should be Real Madrid, and with Haaland's pace... Real Madrid like are going to be in trouble, but I don't know. I I, I absolutely hope they don't, but I, I I I they they should do it this time. I just wonder though mentally, um, are they still a little brittle? Uh, five three. Well, go on, Lara. Well, just gonna just gonna say because obviously, um, when Madrid won it last year, I, I did no bias. I thought Liverpool were a much better team, but and obviously sometimes the best teams don't win. I think I think City have been a little bit unfortunate. Yeah, they made one or two wrong decisions. But you have to have a little bit of luck, and I, I just feel it's with them at the moment. I can't wait for that game. I have to say, Real and City, like it's it's the final. It's the it's the final. It should definitely should be the final, and it's also the the fact that I, I, Real really shouldn't be that good. They've like two still extremely reliant on two players who are like well into their mid thirties, um, late thirties in Modric's case, Kroos, yeah. and and Kroos, like really shouldn't be that good. Like if they had another manager, I don't actually think they would be that good. I don't think they were that great against Chelsea actually in the first half. No, but again, it was kind of. I thought they were. I thought they were sort of in second or third gear. Get them off, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that, but again, Chelsea did create chances against them, and you'd imagine City certainly will. But as long as they hold on in there, I I do wonder. We're watching Liverpool at the moment against Forest. Goalless, twenty-one minutes on the watch. Uh, Wolves have scored at Leicester. How bad can oh. it get for for Leeds and Leicester? Ma- oh, Ma- the Leicester. Like Leicester really is. If Leicester go down, when you think about it, like that team that. I mean, when was that when they won the FA Cup? Is that like two years ago? It feels like it was twenty. Was it twenty twenty one? No, I think it was twenty twenty one. Was the fans were starting yeah. to come back in? Covid. Twenty twenty is when we had no football in May and June because uh, we're talking about World Cups here. Um, I think it was twenty twenty one when fans started to come back. 
that Leicester won the FA Cup and they, they, yes. should, they should have got Eight Champions times, yeah, League two years ago they sort of lost their way and, and it was, was it Liverpool that pipped them that time with Alisson's goal was it I'm trying to think yeah yeah, yeah. It was. yeah. West Brom yeah. two so fifth places you know Leicester and at that time we would have spoken about Leicester as a pretty stable club and I mean the idea now they're in the Championship within about two, two and a half years of that um, yeah. it does seem I mean if they don't win this game today um, it's, it's sort of hard to see how they turn it around yeah, it's, uh, the, they're all as bad as each other down the bottom, it seems, yeah. uh, between Southampton, Leicester, Leeds. Um. Southampton would be very rueful. I mean, you're two goals up with, what, three minutes ago? Uh, look, Arsenal something. could have scored five goals in that yeah, in the last ten minutes. I'm telling you, yeah, I'm t- I'm t- I'm t- the vantage point I was watching it. Mm, and you yeah. were, uh, How was Bizzuno? Uh He was, wasn't bad. Uh, what I liked about Bizzuno, he was spoiling the play a bit. Mm. And he was, he was playing smart he was slowing things down he was getting booze and I just think this is an amazing experience for him mm. uh, whatever happens in the next three to five years of his career mm. he's getting an experience Keeping Keller isn't getting yeah he's actually had his, some of his better games this year Bazuna have been against the big teams away from home he actually had a good experience at Stamford Bridge at Old Trafford it's actually some of the other games maybe he hasn't been at his no issues for the goals best. yeah uh, Arsenal John isn't, isn't that because he had, he's obviously away against the better teams he's having more to do being the goalkeeper yeah yeah, yeah. He's certainly getting plenty of practice. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder. I don't know how. How you know his confidence always as high as I you know it used to be. But um, you're going to go through wobbles, I suppose, in a struggling team, and it's a lot to ask for. Such well, a he made less like. mistakes than Aaron Ramsdale last night. Mm. Put it that way. Mm. <laughs> and he's like, he's. I mean, I think about Gavin is like he is actually like he's only 21. Mm. You know, yeah. and yeah. again, you know, did, did he had a year like that at Rochdale two years ago? Um, you know, conceding a load of goals for a team who was down at the bottom of the table in League One, and he, you know, he came back from that to get to where he is now. So I think he's pretty resilient. You know, it's funny to watch. He's still a baby, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And a goalkeeper in terms. I mean that. I mean that, you know. I mean that in the nicest possible way. He's still a, for a goalkeeper, he's just it's just a baby. Yeah, yeah. Like goalkeepers playing in their forties. Five three one zero six. Um, you want to get in touch? Uh, Liverpool nil. Uh, Faris nil. Any word around uh, Anfield about? Um, Maybe midfield signings are with Bellingham not being in the mix now, Laura. Are you hearing anything? No, but no, but I'll tell you a little story. I was I was there for the Arsenal game and the big rumour, and I don't necessarily listen to a lot of rumours, but it was some of the ex players who'd heard this that they, they thought that Bellingham was done, and not only Bellingham, but also his brother. We were we were told that it, it was all done and that his brother's gonna follow follow him and and of course then the next day, um, can't can't afford to buy him. So no, there's, there's, there are all sorts of rumours, and like any club this time of the season, but you just know they're going to buy three midfield players. I would have thought, and I think you know if, the, if it was going to be 100 million on Bellingham plus another 20, 30 million on his wages, well, you're trying to get three players at 40 million, in, aren't you? Yeah, they were talking about Mount. I was I was hearing, and um... yeah, I think they'd take him. I would, I'd take Mount, but uh, listen, it remains to be seen, and. Obviously, they were interesting, certainly against uh, Leeds the other night on the Monday when, as I say, Trent Alexander-Arnold played in that position and, and he just made it look extremely easy. And I presume, well, it's, just, it's the same team to, today, John, isn't it? Yeah, we'll just go, we'll just clarify that in a second. Do you have faith in Klopp turning it around, uh, Laurel? Yeah. You do? Yeah, he's the club. He's, listen, I'd, I'd rather them sell all the players before they let him go. I, I, he's, just, he's, he's just got it and... He'll be majorly disappointed by the fact that the board have gone, you know what, Jürgen, if, if you take him, you can't take anybody else. And I think he's looking at the bigger picture and thought, yeah, yeah, I'm disappointed we can't take the boy Bellingham. But, you know, 
let's have a real go and let's see who else we can bring in. And I think as well, you need, because of what they've been through, you need a few new faces in that dressing room at the start of next season. They could get three or possibly four and there'd be lots of people going out. But if you could get three or possibly four straight away in the dressing room, lots of players will be under pressure. And I think at this level, when you've got really good players and you put them under pressure, it's when they show why they are good players. Yeah, unchanged, Laro. Um, who are the front three then next season? I was looking at the spend. I'm going to spend like 192 million euros spent on Diaz, Nunez and Gakpo. Mm. Now, you also got um, Jota and uh, Salah in the mix. Who are the three then next season, the, the, the first choice three? Well, it's interesting because the other night at, at, at Leeds, Jota was all over the place for ages. And then obviously the switch came on. I think Diaz will play on the left. Um, I'm just looking at Nunes. I just, I just like to see him playing through the middle because he is lightning quick. And I think at the moment he keeps swapping different positions. Salah obviously is an absolute must on the right, and then you've got Jota, etc. So, um, and Gakpo, well, another one. So, it's a great, it's a great position to be in if you're the manager. If, if you can get the other, if you can get the middle of the pitch sorted, and obviously stop conceding goals. Um, the first goals in, in, in games, then they're going to have a real chance next season. But um, it remains to be seen, obviously, who they get. And I don't I don't think Klopp will be sat down at the moment, JD, thinking, this is my front three. I think he'll go, I've got five in there. Um, and any three on the day. It's more than, it's more than midfield as well. Like, I mean, that, like, I'm not really sure there was an awful lot of thought put into, do these players work together up front? But their midfield has been so poor, like, all season. And he's still, Fabinho's had a poor season. And I, I don't think Klopp really knows. Um, you know, the other night he played... Uh, Curtis Jones. Yeah, Curtis Jones. He kind of did okay. Leeds were terrible now. Um, I don't know, Laura, like... That, that that area, like, and it, it, there seems to be kind of a lack of confidence through the team because as much as they've improved defensively, like, they, they still don't convince at all. No, well, in in all honesty, since uh, since Virgil van Dijk got injured at Everton mm. with with the goalkeeper, he he has not been the same. Mm. He really seriously hasn't. He's almost, he, he looks like, I don't know, he might have, like, lost half a yard of pace. Mm. Which because is understandable. Yeah, of course it is. And it, it's, it's like now, whereas he'd have got in that position and then just be stood there and stood there and obviously sorting it out. Now he's only just getting there into those positions. Um, and they still look open. I mean, Canate's been the best of, of the defenders mm. that they've had. I mean, Robinson's not had a particularly good season. Trent's defensively been all over the place. And and Matip's sort of in and out. But Canate's definitely been as good as anybody else. So... Yeah, it's but it's it's easier, isn't it, boys, to kind of to have to mend that part of the team and also the midfield rather than um than the front players. And if you've got five strikers, you've you've got a real chance if you can sort out midfield and, and defensively yeah, yeah, of, what, what, of being a top team. What is the feeling on Gakpo actually, Laura? I'm just curious because I, I saw a bit of him at the World Cup and then he's obviously the Dutch are in Ireland's group this year and mm. um you know, he played a couple of different positions in the World Cup, and what's your what's the your stance on him generally in terms of I don't know where he's best suited quite, to play or yeah. Well, I, I was just going to say because I'm going to say I quite like him. I'm not sure which his best position is, and he's he's played well certainly on the left and 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 through the middle. Um, but he's just I think I think a little bit like Nunes as well. It's it's taken them a while to come to terms with the way that Liverpool play. And then the other thing is that, you know, they've been left out for some games and 
Um, and it, it can mess you with your head that you're kind of thinking, oh, he's left me out today. Is that because I'm not playing particularly well? Whatever. And, of course, sometimes you actually try too hard when you've been left out and you come back in. So um, I don't think Klopp sees that as a problem. He just sees that I've got five sort of top attackers and we'll, we'll sort that out. But I think Gakpo will get there. He's, he's got pace and, you know, he dribbles past people and, and, and he can score. <laughs> So, like all, like all of the rest of them, basically. To get the lads who give out about us being Liverpool TV, you'll be delighted we've spent half an hour talking about a team. Oh, we spoke been, about uh, Am the Field, we spoke about Field of <laughs> Dreams. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> You know. Talk about Man City winning the Champions League in Avery. We've only done five minutes on Liverpool. They do, they do, they are in danger though of slipping away when you look at like the money that Newcastle will have and where City are at. Liverpool were so far off this season. Um, it's a big couple. It's a big. It's I don't know. I I'm not convinced Klopp is. I I think Klopp is kind of done with Liverpool at this stage. But um, I'm just not sure he has it in him to start over. I think he's just a bit tired. Maybe I'm wrong, Laura. But he, you know, historically he kind of does move on. Um, yeah, he does. I, I just, I just think this is a little bit of a different thing for him, and it's, it's really, really personal. And to be quite honest with you, he won't make the decision. It'll be his wife, Ula. Mm. So, um, which sounds ridiculous, but I think that that's that's the the kind of arrangement that that they seem to have. And she's very much. I mean, what what are the manager's wife? Do you know the the team? Uh, the crowd sing a song about them, a good one yeah. that is. So, you know. Um, no, and I think we've looked at him, and, he, and he's and he's looked. Oh, some of the games I've been to all the home games, and some of the games you look at him, and you can see him thinking, "What on earth is all this?" Mm. But I think he's just one of those people who'll be able to like park all of that, go to the Americans, and say, "Right, come on, um, let, let, let's let's have a real go again." And they're great with him; they let him get on with it. But obviously, he cannot spend. The fortunes that every single Liverpool supporter seems to want or think that he has to do. Five three one zero six. Sell Salah, get Jude Diaz, Gakpo, Nunes up front. Sorted. Gary Dublin. Who would buy Salah? If only, if only it were that easy, boys. Mm. Yeah. Who would buy Salah actually? And for the price? PSG. He... <laughs> yeah. PSG. Yeah. He'd only, he'd yeah. only get seven hundred and fifty grand a day. Over there. <laughs> Why would he go? Just a bit, a little bit more than when you were playing, Laro. Uh, oh yeah, of course. There's four decimal points in it when I was playing, John. Yeah, um, five, three, one, and six people will say the pressure got to Arsenal, but they've scored seven goals in the last three games. The problem is Saliba's injury came at the worst possible moment. Mm-hmm. Says Garrett. Well, they have conceded seven as well, Garrett. Uh, five, three, one, and six lads don't even know what to say after last night. Expect to be a night when we close the gap on goal difference to Man City. Players look very nervy. Surely, if we've any hope at all, Wednesday night holding needs to be dropped. Not at the level at all. Fairly deflated, but never thought we'd win the league all the same. Think we'll be doing well to make the top four next season, says Mick the Gooner in Cork. A bit of realism from him. Five, three, one, and six. We want to get in touch on Football Saturday here with Laro, uh, Johnny Ward, and Dan McDonald in the studio with me. Graham Gartland's with us as well later on in the Premier League. Fulham two leads, one a result. Goal is between Brentford and Villa, Palace and Everton and Liverpool and Nottingham Forest. It is Leicester nil, Wolves won in the Championship where we have goals. Bristol City won Rotherham nil, Cardiff won Stoke won, Hull won Watford nil, Norwich nil, Swansea won and Wigan won, Millwall won. Just to give you some scores as well from, uh, yeah, Will Smallbone set up a goal for Stoke and Will Keane has scored for Wigan. A lot uh, of Irish scores of late in the championship. Yeah, week there was a quite a yeah, few. Yeah, Georgie Kelly. Tom Cannon at Preston is the one. I don't he's know. If, I don't too. know, Laura, have you seen much of Tom Cannon at Preston? Yeah. But he's scoring a lot. Uh, I don't know he's what you're saying. Hey, by, the, by the way, scoring good goals as well. But very, very kind of composed in the goals that he scored. And every time he's got a chance at the moment, he, he, he just keeps scoring. But um, 
we've blown it as far as the playoffs are concerned. We needed to win at Millwall and obviously do something against Swansea the yeah. other night. But yeah, he's done. He's, he's done. He's done fab in fairness. Uh, Dublin events in front against Antrim, one eighteen to one seventeen, yeah, and the hurling in Leinster. Uh, Galway Wexford later on, JD. Oh yeah, well you'll still be here, hopefully. Hopefully, um, the better than here in Galway. Uh, uh, Sligo one seven, New York three points in the Connacht Football Championship with the John McDonough Cup. Carlo six points, Leash nine, and Offaly seven, Dan one four. In the women's Six Nations, England twenty seven, Ireland nil. And in the women's Premier Division, Galway United two, Sligo Rovers nil. Leinster trailed the Bulls in South Africa in the rugby by 17 points to nil. Off the ball Saturday and News Talk is back after this. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duncan with you through to five. This is Football Saturday. Remember, Football and Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sports, and Premier Sports. You can text us 53106, tweet us at Off the Ball. We're streaming the conversation as well. You can listen on News Talk. Watch us on the digital and social channels as well on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. We also podcast the show on the Off the Ball section of the Go Out Network. So it's also available wherever you get your pods. If you ever miss the live broadcast here on News Talk, joined on the line by Laro, the former European Cup winner with Liverpool and League of Ireland. Uh, League of Ireland, that's Graham Gartland. Laro didn't win. He won five leagues. We didn't win the League of Ireland. Uh, Dan McDonald, love the Irish Independent, is in studio as well. And the broadcaster and journalist Johnny Ward with us. Uh, Liverpool nil, uh, Farris nil in the Premier League. Leicester have equalised 1 1 now against Wolves. Always say these are subject to VAR as they come in, but Caletti and Nacho scored a penalty. So we know that is definitely confirmed 1 1. Uh, Palace nil, Everton nil, Brentford nil, Aston Villa nil. Cup semi finals uh, this weekend. We got Brighton, Man U tomorrow. We have Sheffield United, Man City. Dan shouldn't today. be here, of course, JD. His big no. trip to watch the game foiled by Evan Ferguson. Well, I was Andrew. going tomorrow morning, Johnny, so I was always going to be here. Okay, sorry, yeah. Don't all just t- turn one trip into a four-day holiday, <laughs> unlike yourself and your five-star hotels. I was just going to go over and back. Um, what about the lads who flew from uh, Galway to from Dublin to Kerry for the game last yeah, night? Yeah, no, we can just discuss that later, maybe. But, um, yeah, well, I mean, the, the Zerby was saying yesterday that Evan Ferguson maybe isn't 100% out, but I don't know, is that just game-playing? Fame Dan's mind. Bloody hope it is. Anyway, <laughs> uh, no, the vibes weren't good earlier in the week with Evan Ferguson. It's a shame, you know, because Manchester United are. It's Wembley, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's Wembley. You know, he's eighteen. They play the league very soon. Play, they? Um, they, yeah, they play in the league. And I think made a fourth week after next, but um, and like they're obviously down a few bodies defensively, um, and, and not great defensively after during the week. So it would have been a great opportunity for Evan Ferguson. But I mean, hopefully they get the job done and they get an FA Cup final date, which would be brilliant because his, his injury isn't yeah. season-ending or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. In fact, I mean, look, even if they're not ruling him out definitively, you suspect they're not going to rush him. But he's clearly not a million miles away. Certainly, even if he has to miss this one. So, um, yeah, I mean the the, the Man City Sheffield United one. It's weird because you would think it's a, like oh, it's a huge game for Sheffield United, but they're trying to get over the line to get promoted. Things have gone okay for them the last week or two. Yeah, they're the, the win during the week. That was a big win, but I mean for them, it's really you know it's about getting back to John the Premier Egan. League. Yeah, is Ender Stevens? Uh, he's, he's been injured. And Stevens. It's funny, Ender Stevens. Shane Duffy just kind of gone out of the the conversation, the limelight, haven't they? Yeah, Ender Stevens has been injured. Yeah, he's he he got back for a brief period of time and he's been injured Egan's been if not ever present like he's you yeah, know, he he's, been, he's, yeah. he's a fixture and um, yeah but they they were looking very good for promotion then they had the rocky patch and they've just they've just probably done enough in recent weeks Middlesbrough have dropped off a little bit um, that they should be fine but it's a weird one you would think for them like this is a bit of an afterthought I'm not I'm not expecting much out of this game this evening but I think tomorrow's one Tomorrow, could yeah, be good yeah, yeah. yeah. Laura did you enjoy going to the old Wembley? 
Did what, John? Did you enjoy going to the old Wembley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was one of those things you've always wanted to do. Obviously, as a kid, wanted to play in, in finals at Wembley. But I think uh, I was just trying to think the other day. Someone asked me the same kind of question. I think I think I played in about ten different games at Wembley, wow. in, including a couple, obviously for for Ireland. But uh, played it played in lots of finals. Um, what were your Irish I, experiences there, Laurel? Actually, did what? What were your Irish experiences at Wembley like? Um, they were good. Well, we had a decent side, didn't we? But I, I think if I think Keegan beat us one one night, if you serves me right. Um, and in one of the games, didn't Jerry Payton get taken off the keeper or some something like that? But we were, we had close games against them. Mm. I remember. Um, I remember at, obviously at Lansdowne when when I think me and O'Leary were playing together. We would have been probably arguably the youngest centre back partnership they've, they've ever had, and we kept them down to one one. But I I tackled him, Keegan in the penalty area, and, and in all honesty, um, it would have been a foul. But the grass was so long. I don't think I think the referee gave me the benefit of the doubt. Remember those days when the, the grass would be over your boots and everything. It's mad. What sort of guy was Keegan actually? Is Keegan nice fella? Mm. Um, Keeps himself to himself. He won't have thousands and thousands of friends. He's just a he's just a proper nice fellow. I mean, I worked for him at, at Newcastle and stuff. So, um, yeah, ni- nice man. And you know, it was it was really funny with Kevin because my my stepfather was on the board at Preston when Kevin was at Scunthorpe, and and, and he was coming to Preston for I think it was thirty grand, and. Shankly came in. Shankly had said to Scunthorpe all along, if somebody comes in to buy him, would you just let me know? And I think they offered 35. And obviously he went straight to Liverpool. But when he when he got to Liverpool, they thought, you know, well, maybe 18 months in the in the reserves as it used to be. But he was so impressive in pre-season, they stuck him straight in the team and, and he, he just absolutely clicked. He was he was an outstanding player, but he wasn't quite as skillful as, as Kenny Dalglish and obviously Kenny Kenny replaced him but everyone thought oh are we going to ever replace Kevin Keegan but Kenny did it but but Kevin worked unbelievably hard on his game and obviously he bore the fruits of his labour later on Yeah 10 times I, I wouldn't have thought it was that much Lara I suppose there's a few League Cup finals in there as well as FA Cup final the FA Cup final is 86 or, yeah Yeah 3 or 4 so um I, th- I think the nice thing about it is is when you don't lose mm. I think we we drew maybe one or two we replayed against Everton, didn't we? So, so that was a good thing about it. But the best thing, John, honestly, really, was when we played Everton in the uh, old Merseyside FA Cup final. And uh, obviously we, we were hopeless for the first 60 minutes and we turned it round. And we did that whole thing. You get the cup, go around with a trophy, all those kind of things. And, and it was the old Wembley then. And they had, they had just this one massive big bath, you know, for for, 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 for everything after the game that you, you jump in. And we got, into, we got into the dressing room. We were drinking out the cup, champagne, all those kind of things. And one of the, I think Joe Fagan would have said, come on, that's like, let's get sorted. And um, we're going to the, the Mountbatten Hotel in, in London for a, obviously a posh dinner and all that kind of stuff. Um, we, went, we went to get in the bath. Three of our supporters were stood in the bath, all suited. <laughs> so, and we knew them all. But the fact is, and we, I, mean, I mean, they were all good lads, but the fact is, They'd actually not only they got in the game, they'd actually got into the dressing room and were there with the shirts and ties on, absolutely soaking. Come on, boys, it's great. I mean, typical scousers, it was brilliant. Yeah. Well, about Man United, that was an absolute horror show on Thursday on a footballing perspective in Seville, Laro. Yeah. 
they were they're all over the place, weren't they? Um, it happens, but I didn't think it would happen then, especially after the fact they were two 0 up in the first leg and Seville scored really really late. I think if that that's anything like a wake up call, it would have been one. And they they just started to drop off a little bit, haven't they? So. Um, their games as well, Laura, it's they actually have a tricky, tricky run of games. I do wonder yeah. now how their season's going to end up. Yeah, I do. Um, they need Rashford back, fully fit, scoring, obviously. Um, and uh, look, I, w- I would expect they pick up fairly soon, but Casemiro looks a little bit short on, on, on of, of kind of fitness as well at the moment, and he's he's a big player for them. It's uh, it might. It's, it might, sorry, it might just be that you know they, they come the end of the season and and they're, they're struggling in terms of physicality. The, the thing as well, like I mentioned this on OTBM yesterday morning, JD, like the, it's such a never-ending carousel of football. It's so difficult to maintain it. Robots. Arsenal have probably you know Arsenal had a lot of close shaves with late winners, but like I just felt like. I have to admit, I still actually haven't seen the goal, but I, I feel like I have the, the the opening goal, and I just felt I feel so sorry for Harry Maguire because all of the papers had him on the back, as if everything was down to Harry Maguire when yeah. it, he got. I don't know. I mean, Laura, he obviously got the ball in a in a situation. The ball wasn't played particularly. Um, it wasn't a particularly strong pass from De Gea, but it's like like Harry Maguire is just the easiest like target for the media, social media, um, national media, and I was just like give the lad a break. Like, I mean, it's just this is not. It's not fair they lost they were 2-0 up in the first leg they conceded two subsequent goals De Gea had a bad night and it's all about Harry Maguire I mean I just feel I feel sorry for him I'm with you you know what the best thing for him is to move mm. fresh start yeah he hasn't been that bad for England has he no he's been de- he's been de- he's been decent for England in all honesty but I mean they're good defensively anyway England generally but uh, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm with you I'm, I'm with you the slightest thing and, and they're all on his back and you know what it'll be like. He'll go to another team and play really well. And then they say, oh, why did you ever leave Man United? But that's just the way of the world, isn't it? Mm. And like the fans have really bought into it too. That this is the thing. Like You know, the just the, the reaction to him playing at times, it's it's sort of, it's just a, must be a, a grim sort of... I know people will say, oh, you know, they're paid X amount or whatever. Doesn't but matter, yeah. Like it's still, you know, it's still a, a difficult, a difficult thing for him probably to absorb. And, I mean, yeah, like the 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 other night. I mean, look, it's it's clearly you know it's an awkward, it's, it's an awful goal to concede, but it's probably even a communication thing with it as well too, in terms of mm-hmm. you know where's the shout to you know to whatever you know you could let the ball go past them and take it out. You know, just you know clearly there's always a desire for a scapegoat, but you would think a team that's really purring and really humming along, you know, all the parts are communicating well with each other and they don't concede those type of goals. So yeah. I well, also, I mean, I, I bet Ten Hag straight away was thinking first away game of the season at Brentford, was he not? Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Challenge for him, JD. As I mentioned, like they do have, they have very tricky games, and if they, whatever about Arsenal, like they're they're lucky, they're lucky they have Tottenham. Um, Tottenham going to be a disaster mm. behind them. Maybe it might be that you have Villa and Brighton closing the gap, but um, they've, Villa, are, I think Villa are actually top of the table um, since. 
the, since the managerial switch, which is incredible. At that time, if you actually started the league, Villa, that's how um, the post-Gerard era has been. But you wouldn't fancy them to beat Villa. They're playing Brighton as well. You wouldn't fancy them to beat Brighton. Um, maybe Spurs will be the, the one. But that w- if, if, if if Man United don't make the top four, that would be blown it. Like, cause they, uh, yeah, they've been in yeah, it. Arsenal, Arsenal, it's not blown it with Arsenal. Cause Arsenal had to keep winning because City are just, their points tally is so high. Like, if Arsenal finish second, there's no shame in that. But Man United yeah. have gotten into a position where they really have to finish in the first four because everyone else has been so... Chelsea and Liverpool have been so poor. Like, Man United, should, like, it would be a mess if they didn't finish top four and mm, it'll be interesting. Well, there's also the whole wider macro context about Manchester yeah, City. And the uh, the yeah. fact that they're owned by a nation state, there's financial fair play allegations about them. They can buy whoever they want. Um, it's not really a, a normal situation that we're in. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Manning with an assist for Swansea, 2-0 up on Norwich, both teams down to 10 players. Um, you got to give uh, uh, Laro Emery and Deserby a lot of credit, haven't you, for the way they've been managing their teams, Villa and Brighton, uh, in terms of the Premier League and, and showing how it's done. If you look at Chelsea, it's an absolute disaster. Yeah. Um, well, Chelsea's just, it, it's absolutely laughable. I mean, all, all the players they've bought, that, and we've talked about this, every time that I'm on, is, is centre-forward. I mean, most important position in the team, look at Ireland at Man City, most important position, and, and basically, you'd argue they haven't really got one whatsoever, and I don't, I don't, it's, it's, it's like the Americans got new toys, and they're playing with these new toys, and they actually don't have a clue what they're doing. Um, so, but be, they will be, definitely come back stronger next year, you, you would feel. Um, so, it, rem- it remains to be seen. That's why I said before that I just think, you know, this this is the season really that Arsenal need to win it because it's going to be so difficult from now on in. But I, I don't know about you, chaps, but I mean, it's just been a strange, strange season all along, you know, obviously with the World Cup as well involved in it. The, the relegation, which would be at the moment five, six, seven, maybe even eight teams, you could argue, say, all be involved. Um, and... What are, how many sackings are there? Is it 12, 13? Well, it's crazy, were, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. High if I were to ask you, Laura, right, whose run of games is this as manager, right? This is his last 17 games. Last 2-1, last 2-0, last 1-0, last 2-0, last 2-1, last 3-1, last 4-1, drew one all. Last 2-1, last 3-0, last 4-1, last 2-0, drew nil all, one 3 nil. Last 1-0, last 2-0, last 2-1, last 2-0. He got the Chelsea job. Yeah. What, like, wow. what was that about? Like, what is that about? Honestly, that was a, that was a very strange piece of radio. <laughs> yeah, but like, if you're yeah, it was, about, wasn't it? What, what was so? Chelsea are in a position where um, you know they have a big winnable game um, in Europe, and they're going bad. But not, what was the logic of bringing Lampard back, for, even for a couple of weeks? I just don't get it. It's just club legend you know, stuff, isn't it? If, yeah, I think I think it is. I think it, it was it was the Dutchman that kept coming back. Close oh. hitting. Yeah. Well, yeah. is he has he finished then? Because you thought he, he was who, brilliant. Who's hitting? You thought he might have had a shout, wouldn't you? But there's, uh, there's never a suggestion that Lampard has been a good manager ever. Like, there's nothing to no. suggest he's a good manager. Like, I, I, no. I, it's just absolutely. Like, where was the? I see no logic in this whatsoever. None. Literally zero. And they weren't that bad the other night. They just don't have any confidence. Raheem Sterling scored uh, 31 goals in all competitions in 1927 this season. 300 grand a week, confident shot. 300 grand a week, yeah. Um, but it's just like as Lara said, I think you've got you to gotta put the... I don't even blame Lampard. I blame the, the, the fact that the lads in, in charge don't seem to have a clue what they're doing. No. And if you're Pochettino, or if you're Pochettino going in there, you want to be, be yeah. careful. Like this. How... Like, how where do you begin to know what your first eleven is, and how many players you got to get out of the club there? You know? Yeah, I, I can totally see the point. Although the flip side is, I mean, is it such a shambles at the moment 
um, that if you're if you can come in and do any kind of competent job, you, you're going to look good. You know what I mean? Like you're going to get a lot of yeah, sort yeah. of uh, yeah. when you actually you have like Frank Lampard's you, you have a squad of, am- <laughs> of, of, of I would say amazing players, some amazing players, you know, like some brilliant players. Oh, so, very good players. Uh, like if someone went in there and turned Chelsea into a top four solid team next year, they get amazing credit because they will do. You know, you think they will, Mark? Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. I do. Somebody'll go in and they will finish top four. They got they got so much quality, and they say if you get a strike as well. I know sometimes it's a bigger. They absolutely totally will. I mean, they'll, they'll have to have a bit of a fire sale at the end of the season with having so many players. But and then someone's got to say to Bowley, however you pronounce his surname, that you don't. You know what? You stay out of the dressing room. It's got nothing to do with you. If you have a problem, speak to the manager. And soon, as soon as you have people like that coming into the dressing room. You, you just know because players will look at them and just go, "What the hell?" Yeah, here's one for you before you go as well, Lord. Got a bit of miniature on Liverpool. He's trying to get rid of me. Do, do Liverpool? Well, you're gone. I mean, it's not nothing to do with me. You actually are gone. Do Liverpool seed the potential to finish in Europe, but not the Champions League? Do they kind of say as the season goes on, "Listen, lads, let's just finish out of the European places and refresh and reset next season"? Uh, I couldn't possibly. Comment, but yes. <laughs> That's, yeah. On that note, on that brilliant note, Laura, thanks so much. Pleasure. Cheers, chat. Mark Lawrence, Republic of Ireland legend, five-time league winner with Liverpool and European Cup winner as well. So it's not a bad resume that he has in the game. Graeme Gartland has joined us after uh, four o'clock to talk a bit more about the Irish uh, situation. In the Premier League uh, halftime, Leicester won, Wolves won. Uh, Liverpool nil, Forest nil, Crystal Palace nil, Everton nil, Brentford nil, Aston Villa nil. Result, Fulham 2, Leeds 1 in the Championship. Half-times, Birmingham nil, Blackpool nil, Bristol City 1, Rotherham nil, Burnley nil, QPR nil, Cardiff 1, Stoke 1, Coventry 1, Reading nil, it's Hull 1, Watford nil, Norwich nil, Swansea 2 and Wigan 1, Millwall 1. We're back after the break. Dan McDonald, Johnny Ward and Graham Gartland on Football Saturday here on News Talk. Don't go away, folks. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. And you're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you until five. Now, we teamed up with European professional club rugby to give you the chance to win two tickets to next weekend's mouth-watering Heineken Champions Cup semi-final clash between Leinster and Toulouse at the Viva Stadium. And we all we asked you to do was to identify this mystery voice. I wouldn't be mad emotional, you know, if that makes sense to you. And that was, of course, Leinster prop Tyke Furlong. The winner of the two tickets, Ed Twamley from Tullow and County Carlo. Congratulations to you, Ed. Enjoy the match. We're in touch with details on how you can collect your tickets during the week and uh, check out the show tomorrow, folks, where you've got another chance to win tickets to see Leinster against Toulouse. This is Football Saturday. Just before we get into the conversation in the Connacht Football semi-final, Sligo 2.13, New York 6 points, Markievicz Park. Uh, Antrim 119, Dublin 119. So a draw in the round robin in Leinster Hurling in Belfast. In the John McDonough Cup round three, Kerry 117, Kildare 14 points, a result. It's Leash 14 points, Carlo 12 at the moment, and Offaly 14 points, Dan 17. England 34, Ireland nil in the Women's Six Nations in Musgrave Park. The Vodacom Bulls 24, Leinster nil in South Africa. And the Women's Champions League semi-final Barcelona beat uh, Chelsea 1-0 in their first leg in London. And in the Women's Premier Division, Galway United 2, Sligo Rovers 1 at Eamon DC Park. In the Premier League, Liverpool 0, Nottingham Forest 0. It is Leicester 1, Wolves 1, Palace 0, Everton 0, Brentford 0, Aston Villa 0. Earlier, Fulham beat Leeds by two goals to one. In the Championship at the moment, Birmingham 0, Blackpool 0. It's Bristol City 1, Rotherham 0. 
Burnley nil, QPR nil, Cardiff won, Stoke won, Coventry won ready nil, it is Hull won, Watford nil, Norwich nil, Swansea two, Norwich down to ten, Wigan one, Millwall one is latest score. This is Football Saturday until five. Remember, football and off the ball. Brought to you by Skywatch. Every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Still in studio with us are the Irish Independents, Dan McDonnell and Johnny Ward. And also joining us now, the uh, former League of Ireland and FA Cup winner and current Shamrock Rovers under-15s coach, Graeme Gartland. Graeme, how's the form? I'm good, JD. How are you? You picked up a golf club there, Graeme, we have in the studio and uh, you're telling us how you're getting the handicap down. Oh, well, I'm trying. I haven't got enough time. I had a game a couple of weeks ago, shot well and trying to get out now have a couple of games lined up in May so get out have to keep the the wife happy to allow me to go out and golf Are you, you play uh, a bit of golf then don't you? I, well I used to mm. I used to play a lot of golf but I've played once since uh, Covid in fact actually I went to the driving range once that was it so great plans to get back to it this year What about you JD? I'm no good at it I don't believe in two things in life you're not good at that's, very, that's a very stretch. <laughs> yeah. stretch. I do a lot of them. I've seen you drink. <laughs> <laughs> you keep trying, all right. <laughs> um, it is a goal for Liverpool. 1-0. They lead Nottingham Forest and it's come off one of the Forest players and then into the path of Fabinho and then into the path, I think it is of Jota to score the opening goal there at Anfield so uh, we'll clarify that yeah, yeah. Diogo Jota heading it in there so it's like Frank Staple there wasn't he he'd, awesome. he'd missed an earlier uh, a close yeah. range opportunity Jota so he's uh, I'd say that one was sore so he He's good in the system. air isn't he Jota mm. he's yeah, very he's tiny. I think Liverpool actually missed him a lot this season when he wasn't fit um, Portuguese Diogo Jota got a couple against Leeds during the weekend 1-0 against Forrest now hmm. yeah it's um yeah, Liverpool have kind of been playing maybe a little bit within themselves, but yeah, this battle at the bottom, JD, is... They can't go away from home and do anything. You see, not in Forest, that's a problem for them. They got a bit of a chance at home, but on the road, they uh, they struggle. How's the coaching going, Graham? Then oh, uh, yeah, it's going really well. The lads are going away. Oh, the lads are going away with Ireland this weekend. Now the under 15s they're going to a tournament in Italy, so seven of our 15 players would be going um, over to that. So I was actually talking to a fella from. Ajax yesterday and uh, just having a discussion and he was asking about it and I said yeah we've 7 out of 15 and he was oh that's really good and then the Dutch arrogance started kicked in he says yeah we, we, we have 11 <laughs> I was like alright yeah so they have ele- Ajax, Ajax will have 11 and so we have 7 which is which is really good and we did a good victory last week um, yeah they're getting they're good like you know they're, they're improving all the time and getting better and there's some talent in it, and there's, there's talent there in, in a lot of the younger age groups, you know. How do you deal with um, the Rovers players who are maybe borderline but don't get called up for that? Like, So how do how do you deal with that in terms of management? Like, to kind of say to the lads that, and I mean, it's like, you know, most most young kids want to get playing for their team that, that Saturday and they're happy enough, but players at that level, is there, because you want them to still have that harmony and kind of be back in each yeah. other? Yeah, so a couple of years ago, the original group we had would be they're under 16s now, and it caused a lot of unrest in the squad. Um, lads were going away, other lads were thinking I should be in it. It wasn't great. So when we got this group, myself and Pat Flynn, it was one of the things that we knew was coming. We were a little bit more aware of it. And we said, we made an example of saying, right, well, you are all pushing each other to get to that level. So when these lads get called in, it's off the back of the work that we're doing as a group. So if it's a centre-forward playing against a centre-back, you're making him better, etc., etc. So we, mm. we, we emphasise that. You can only get called for Ireland if you're playing well for us. So make sure you are all playing well and just keep. And then the lads. It's never too late as well. In fact, like, don't worry yeah. about this. Like, yeah, like, and, and the, the examples we sort of use would be myself and Pat Flynn would be 
prime examples of it going completely. Like I was always in and out of Ireland squads from age of 14 to 21, where Flinney was under 14 captain all the way through to 19s. Like everybody wanted Flinney. Uh, I get called up to have a, a senior international squad or to get called up to go away and play for Ireland as a, se- a senior level. Flinney wasn't anywhere near it. Mm. So mm. there's different ways of getting to a senior cap, which is the ultimate goal. Uh, it doesn't always have to be, you don't always have to be the best under 15 player in the country to make sure you do that. So we give them examples and saying, look, it can come at any different time once you're ready to put in the work. So this year, uh, the last couple of seasons, because we touched on it early doors, I think it's been a lot better. It's difficult because eight of them come in to train. So we try and mix the teams then. We play mixed games with some of the lads who are 16s that mightn't get, um, might be playing much at the weekend. So we try and do that. But um, yeah, they've been great. Everybody's been pushing each other. It's been really good. Like, you know. It's mad. Like, you think Nottingham Forest have equalised a deflected effort. Liverpool won, Forest won at Anfield there. And uh, yeah. That's a bit of a dramatic turnaround. It's mad though. Like Seamus Coleman, I think. Uh, was only ever capped at 21s and senior level for Ireland and 21s he came into it quite late in the day as well and like there are examples of that like players who've played senior level for Ireland and like homegrown players who never got sighted at underage you know and and that's the thing we're we're naturally going to get excited like I think that the under 17s Euros is coming up now um, and I know some ex rovers or some current rovers lads involved with that, and we'll all like probably get involved and start to plot where these players might be in a couple of years' time. But I think particularly in Ireland, it's often the the late developers who go on to have some of the best careers, you know. Yeah, and they, and they have a good attitude to stick at it all the way through. That's the thing that they're willing to go through, and even the the setbacks that they might get or the rejections that they get along the way helps them build that resilience because. One of the, I remember reading the thing about mental resilience is one of the biggest things you need as a, as a, a young player coming into the game is mm. that stuff like, you know, the amount of setbacks you get in football, it's it's ridiculous. They happen every, it could be a bad training session, but like I was released twice before I turned 20. Yeah. You know, and then you have to go and rebuild and go again. And when you say that to people, like every job in football that I've ever had, I've probably not succeeded at to a certain extent. Mm. Um and then you just have to keep going and that's where the, the the players that do keep going will generally stay at it like so um yeah they're gonna it's ups and downs all the way i remember playing against Seamus that year there was i think there was three right backs in the league that were unbelievable Harry, brian shelley and Seamus both mm, onto the scene 2006 2007 yeah. was it yeah i remember he i remember he, he ran back and he, he like he said he just called me something on the way back Europe, and he said something on the way back and i just went all right yeah and i was thinking Good player, this fella. Look, you know, he has a bit of belt. <laughs> yeah, this is like 18, 19 year old. Yeah, he was, yeah, and he ran back. And I was, I think I had gone, but I tripped him or something. And he, as he was running back, he nudged me, like, and he said something, You're only it. And I went, Yeah, I am, yeah. Was he right? Yeah, he was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I just sort of went, Yeah, he has a bit of belt. Like, and you like that, actually. Yeah, yeah. I did. Like, you, you like that about people that you go, he's, he's standing up for himself and his team. and like I know, and you've seen it with the Harry Kane stuff. He'd, he'll back his team, like, and and I liked that about Mary Dawes. And I remember thinking, attacking wise, he was ridiculously good. That's mm. go. So, I think Brian Shelley got Player of the Year that year in 07. Mm. What do you make of win, um, I think. Adam Murphy last night pulling Jack back and putting himself about at 18 years of age in the Pats midfield. Yeah, I would have known Adam. Adam was at Belvedere. I remember speaking to his dad when he was about 12. Uh, and again, just one of those players we were trying to get, but Rovers weren't maybe in the position to do it. One of the reasons Pats went in with Belva was for that age group was to try and recruit. I think they had three in it, and they went in and done the deal. Subsequently, I, I don't think it's there anymore. 
But um, yeah, he was always able to get around the pitch at him athletically. He's fantastic, like and but they're the things you have to you learn in the game. You have to make fouls at times, certain times in the game. I actually thought he should have fouled for Trevor Clarks. That's what Mulraney that's what he, yeah. said as much yeah. afterwards. It wasn't it wasn't Murphy. It would have been Mulraney. McClelland was the one yeah, you were talking well. about. But um, but Adam Murphy last yeah. week even so Adam Murphy just for people is like he's an eighteen year old midfielder um, who played with some Pats who last year he had the chance to go and train with Man City. But he did a hamstring, yeah. did a bad hamstring injury. When you say train. What does that mean? Is that a As trial in, almost? Or? Well, yeah, I think he wouldn't have been able to sign because of his age. But go over and train with him because he can't actually sign until he turn eighteen for an English club. But he can still go over and and sort of spend some time there or whatever. Um, so like he's. You know, he's t- would have been regarded as, and, and is regarded as one of the better prospects of his age. Um, and he just basically had the guts of a year out with a hamstring problem, needed surgery. Um, but Jota has scored again. So uh, Diogo Jota to uh, Nottingham Forest won here at uh, Anfield. It was Nico Williams, former uh, Liverpool player, who equalised for Forest. The ball came off Andy Robertson, deflected into the net. But uh, Jota's uh, found a run of form here, and uh, kind of free kick goes in. Uh, you know, great run. You know, maybe. Talk of offside, but no, it was a. Could be an offside shout, we'll see potentially. Yeah. Um, this is the problem with the uh, Premier League. It, it doesn't have the, to me, the slickness or the, the discretion of um, of the European game when it comes to VAR, but anyway. So well, chested it down, uh, Diogo Jota, and, and kind of turns it into the. That net. was noticeable in the game the other night with the Liverpool man, or the Man United Seville game, wasn't it? With mm. the offside decision that they got. Is that the one you were talking about? I was talking generally that in Europe the VAR uh, system seems to be much more discreet. Yeah, um, you, know, you seem to have a much slicker game. Uh, it doesn't kind of impact on the enjoyment as a fan, which the Premier League does I have to say. So I don't know what's the. What's it's just I think it's also the the experience of the radio presenter who wants to call a goal but knows he could call it back in thirty <laughs> seconds time. Well, that's what I'm trying. I'm still like, like the, 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 when you see them playing on, you know, we're, we're safe. So yeah, that goal yeah, did actually yeah, count. Yeah. Well, I think it was the just, lack of celebration that maybe caught me out there. Jota seemed a little bit yeah, subdued. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you think something must yeah. be up, but, but just to go back to Adam Murphy. So, like, he is a player who I think he could be talking about him a lot. He's a very good prospect. Um, but last week against Bowes, and um, Bowes got a goal, and Tim Clancy, who afterwards said Murphy's the best young player he's ever worked with anywhere, including as a player. And Tim would have played in Scotland, like Graham. You know, would have had a you know experienced. You know, spent time with some very good players over there. Said Murphy's the best he's worked with, but he, he should have fouled a Bowes player who went through and set up a goal. So last night there was a great moment where Jack Byrne got away from Adam Murphy, and you could just see Adam Murphy with last week's lesson in mind, just took the foul, like sprinted after Byrne, literally pulled him back, put, literally pulled, but took the yellow, and that is like learning the game. You know, you take your yellow card, and that's what you do. So Shane Coleman was on to me during the week because he's doing. I never met him before. He's doing a piece. He's talk breakfast presenter. Talk breakfast. One of my colleagues every morning. Doing a piece. You're not listening every morning. The League of Ireland. I'm not. I'm not a. He's probably on OTVAM or Racing. waking up in a four star, five star hotel somewhere. You know. Um, Sorry, like a complete food I'm taking a picture of eggs. Somewhere. Yeah. That's what Johnny does <laughs> in the eggs Benedict. Yeah. Egg you yeah. in a minute. But um, yeah, the um, <laughs> what was that? Shane Coleman. Shane yeah. Coleman's doing a piece, but he was he was asking me like, why has the League of Ireland um gotten so popular? And Shane's a fan as well, but one of the things for well, me is, is fan. yeah. Although he was well, a Dundalk fan, but now I think he's kind of, which is a very <laughs> controversial like, in circles. Don't, don't, yeah, don't go down that road. He's, yeah, yeah. Just, yes, just say, say something different. But one of the things for me is like <laughs> then I realize there's a, there's a sort of a there's some kind of code. Is the stonecutter code in the breakfast? You start <laughs> breakfast team or something. <laughs> the, so if you say, say anything about one of them, you're basically insulting all of them. Yeah. The the Ireland the Ireland team that played France, five of that team had come through the League of Ireland um, in some shape or form. But last night, I actually really did go to the game looking forward. 
have seen what Adam Murphy was like because yeah. it was such a chat. And there was it's it's really nice to see that I've never I saw him play for twenty minutes on the box before he got injured, but um, like a lot of people have been raving about him, and there was. It's it's just lovely to see like okay if he if he avoids injuries he could be a very good player. But there was one moment where Neil Ferrugia, who's pound for pound one of the fastest players in the league, like he's lightning quick and really strong, tried to do him and Murphy was having absolutely none of it. He just and it was like for a player of his age to easily easily deal with Ferrugia like he did and it was in the first half. I think he even won a free from it. Little moments like that, I was like this lad is definitely has a little, has a bit about him and a uh, couple of lovely touches as well. And um, yeah, I just I know his dad was at the game last night and must be. Must be almost part of you as watching and thinking, just don't get injured again because of the injuries he had. But like that thing of watching young players, Sam Curtis playing right back, who you think have a good chance of making it in the game. That's one of the reasons I think the League of Ireland is um, so intriguing at the moment. Yeah, well, you, th- you think about it when you, again, you talk about you played against Seamus Coleman and it probably was that purple patch around that time where yeah. you would have had Seamus Coleman, James McLean a little bit later. Um, but Kevin died a little bit earlier maybe um, and then okay Shane Long didn't really play to be fair but he would have had David Myler was knocking around for Royal the time um, you know there's a couple of others oh, was loads, yeah, Keith yeah. Fahey you know come yeah. back lads who went on and played for Ireland and in the Premier League and there was probably a lot of them and then probably in the last couple of years we haven't had lads who have gone from the league to that Gavin Bazuna would be one of the exceptions but you do feel like you know, and yeah, Evan Ferguson now. You now you now you're gonna you can you can feasibly say that you'll probably go and watch players in the League of Ireland this year that will play in that have a chance of playing in the Premier League in the future. But we, you know, we and, all, and, and some of the ones yeah. coming in the next generation. Then a lot of people raving about Mason Melia, for example, yeah. and Pats, and you know there there'll be others as well that you sort of know you're saying to people. You know, you go back in time and you're saying, yeah, this lad might get a move to a club in League One, and that's maybe the case for the slightly older players. But with the with the teenagers, you can the sky is the limit for a lot of them. Well, like you said, that a lot of the players that you mentioned, like Kevin Doyle, obviously went the, from Pats to Cork, I think, up from Wexford. Pat Dolan had done that one, and he's the yeah. one that put the release clause in it that activated as soon as Pat left the club. Yeah. <laughs> Reading knew about that, so like the, Kevin's probably the one that came through like that. The rest of them were players that maybe went away and came back and then re and then relaunched. Where I think this this crop of players are the ones that have come through all the academy system that maybe Real Doctor put in place, and he's and they made the clubs print structures to say right, you need to train, you need to have better facilities, you need to come through at League of Ireland, you've a chance to go and play in the first team now, because that again. The biggest fear for a lot of players in my generation was when you got to fifteen and sixteen was where do you go if you don't go away? Mm. Like it was, it was that was it like, didn't exist. Like really. it didn't exist, yeah. and it was, it was hung over you, and you you get worried about it. My, like my my age group in Stella Maris on the at the time, like Paddy McCarthy was the main centre back, obviously in, with Crystal Palace now, but unbelievable player. But we had eleven internationals in the team outfield, so one international used to be on the bench. Fantastic side. But then seven of them just go to the UK that summer. I didn't. Me and another, a few others didn't go. And then you're thinking, right, I've to, I've to Christmas here to do something to see can I get away. And then you're, I start looking at scholarships to America, what's going to come. But there was that cliff that you felt, what, what if I get yeah. to here? Now that's not there. And it the, is mad. We it, don't think about like no. essentially all the young players in this country are playing in Ireland now, give or take. Like the obviously likes of Gazeffi and the odd example, but like it, it's almost like, it's almost like felt like it happened overnight. Like how would you rate 
Like, would you would you give it a B plus, a, a B minus? How would you rate the clubs in terms of how the National League underage structures has worked? Because they didn't like a lot of clubs had no history of doing any of this. Like, so I I think it's it's I think in the short space of time, as much as it's not perfect, they seem to have done a pretty good job. See, all of this has to be paid for, and there's no prize money or no TV deal in the league. Yeah. And you've played, and you've to bust them up and down the country yeah. now because you're not just playing in Dublin. All that stuff comes into it. You've you've women's teams now, 17s, mm. 19s for teams. You have to put bust them up and down the country. So there is a massive expenditure um, there's a couple of things I don't want to sit here and as as a coach you can sit and take credit for the good ones or you can say oh yeah I coached him but there's ones that don't come true so it's, it's, it's always been about the player has to be about the player and no matter how good the coach is or how bad the coach is the good players will generally find a way to come true so it's about giving them the facilities and the time they need to, to produce and that's what it's about Johnny like I could sit here and say oh yeah this is a coach and I'm qualified but the player's not willing to do the work it doesn't matter what I say or do so that's where it's, that's where I feel it's about if you build the facilities and get them more time on the pitch they'll come true I'm just going to update you folks on the fact that Connacht are into the Connacht football Championship final, and with that, they're into the Sam Maguire Cup series. Well done to them. Two sixteen to six point win over New York today. Sligo. at Markievicz Park, Sligo. Yes, okay. I thought the Connacht rugby team had suddenly entered. Yeah, there. yeah. So I apologise, mm-hmm. listeners. There, sometimes you uh, you make a mistake. Only one team in Connacht. Uh, that's Galway United, JD. Obviously, ten from ten. Here <laughs> 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 we go. <laughs> no. uh, Kerry four points. Tipperary one point at Fitzgerald Stadium in Munster, and that semi final. The All Ireland champions back in the in the loop today. Antrim one. 19, uh, Dublin 119, a draw in Leinster in the round robin there at Cargan Park in Belfast. Galway and Wexford throw in in nine minutes' time. And late changes, Lee Chin out for Wexford, replaced by Charlie McGuckian. Cahill Mannion in for Keenan Fahey for Galway. In the John McDonough Cup, Kerry beat Kildare 117 to 14 points at Hawkfield. Carlo 20 points, Leash 118, a later score at Nowatch Cullen Park, a one point lead for Leash. It's Offaly 119, down 112 at O'Connor Park in Tullamore. Not the best news from the women's Six Nations. Going to be a fourth defeat for Ireland. Is it's actually just gone full time. Forty eight points to nil, beaten by England at Musgrave Park today. Scotland play Italy at four forty five. The Bulls lead Leinster fifty five seven in the URC in South Africa. In the women's Champions League semi, Barcelona won Chelsea nil. A result. Galway United beat Sligo two one at Eamon DC Park in the women's. Premier Division in the Premier League Liverpool 2 Nottingham Forest won both goals from Diogo Jota Jota's been an absolute star here just very close to getting a hat-trick GD in what the space of about uh 20 minutes or so he's just this is just brilliant movement as well and wow. you know Liverpool have missed him a lot to be fair uh, Leicester 1 Wolves 1 Crystal Palace 0 Everton 0 Brentford 0 Aston Villa 0 talk about Paddy McCarthy he's like right up there now with Roy Hodgson's backroom team at Palace yeah no he's he, he was caretaker manager yeah, there for yeah. uh, a time because I was I was doing something last week on uh, Irish managers because Noel Hunt is at, at Reading yeah. now and uh, there's uh, seven Irishmen who've managed Premier League games uh, and Paddy McCarthy actually is one of them. Um, now I don't. I, do you know the other six? And this is like this is this is Republic of Ireland. I'm not getting political. I, I would like to include Brendan Rodgers, Seven Republic, and Martin O'Neill, David O'Leary. Yeah, seven of eight Republic of Ireland. Joe Kinnear. Joe Kinnear. See, that's the tough one. Roy Keane. Roy Keane. That's the tough yeah. one. Roy Keane. So how many have we given? Are we given that's four true. now. I've four. Got, many have we got? Four. We got four. Who did you conclude, Martin O'Neill? Nick McCarthy. No, I didn't. Nick, Nick McCarthy. McCarthy. Yeah, he counts. Yeah, so it's not Republic of Ireland born. It's like just four. Oh, right, sorry. Okay, David O'Leary is the first you mentioned. Now I need to remember the other two. Now yeah. I, I know, I know. I remember one of them, and uh, the other one is it should be quite obvious. But anyway, 
Chris Hewton, mm. yeah. And we'll, we'll figure out the other one now in due course. We'll scratch Have you mentioned Roy Keane? I mm. did, yeah. Yeah, we have mentioned Roy Keane. There's That's seven, like anyway. the seven Irish men who played for... Republic of Ireland. Well, there was seven Irish players in the 12 who played for Arsenal in the 1980 FA Cup final. Wow. Oh. Pat Jennings. Yeah. John Devine is one of the tougher yes, ones. Yes, yeah, yeah, tougher yeah, one. yeah. Yeah. Liam Brady. Yeah. Uh, Frank Stapleton. Yeah. David O'Leary. David O'Leary, yeah. That's five, is it? Pat Rice. Pat Rice. Sammy Nelson. Yeah. Sammy Nelson, wasn't yeah. that? So that's your, uh, yeah, it's on the cuff trivia on a live radio show. It's like it's like the crappy quiz, isn't it? Almost yeah. the, amount of, <laughs> yeah. the amount of Arsenal fans in that came out of the fact that in Ireland, well, that's it, isn't it? Too. Yeah, and yeah, it was how did you become a fan? I came a, became a fan because my bro- my sister met uh, her future husband, who's a Spurs fan, and yeah. uh, he bribed me over a game of snooker. Uh, so that's that's how. I he, became he, a Spurs bri- he bribed you over well kind of like in that if I win a game of snooker I was 8 I'd get 5 punts if I lose I sport Spurs you were 8 years of age yeah, what age double, was he that was a double loss for you huh? JD. What, what age was I mean that's a lot <laughs> yeah my sister's age. 18 years older yeah, yeah that was a lot on an 8 year old yeah it was <laughs> at the time 8 year olds dude <laughs> um, how did you become a Liverpool fan my brother so my brother became a Liverpool fan because they had a massive Irish connection at that time so it was like Ray Houghton um, Steve Staunton John Aldridge John Aldridge that was it. Was there maybe more? I was thinking it was after Lauro's time, but yeah, he, he just liked him. Steve Beglin. Staunton. Steve Jim, Staunton. Jim yeah, I mentioned Staunton. Just, sorry. Beglin, Beglin. Um, but yeah, so then yeah. I just oh, followed by, yeah. by the city. Yeah. I was the same. Yeah. My brother just walked in one day and says, we support Liverpool. And I went, okay. Yeah. But you were basically made a spur of gold for Forest too all. Almost a, an old school Irish goal there. Morgan a Gibbs White. A long throw sort of like Russia 88 uh, sort of headed into the air and uh, it's not, not quite, good for Liverpool not quite an acrobatic volley uh, in the one Whelan style do Liverpool but, uh, want the season to play out in the league I know what you kind of said earlier on the, the, do they I, want to be in the Europa League I really no, but, I really nobody wants to be in the Europa League yeah, did, well, I just find that Liverpool really want, disrespectful no, but Liverpool, that's Liverpool, the Europa League yeah well, no I think it is but Liverpool needs to reset attitude, a bit like, like, I agree with you but Liverpool probably do need to reset a bit like and actually have an easier schedule like Arsenal this season but Liverpool won nothing for a long period of time and now they're willing to just write off a trophy I don't need to be in that one they were happy enough probably, to be Alaves in the only way for it's, it's probably more us that are being disrespectful well, than, than Liverpool. I think they need to use it to put their players that need more game time in. Well, great header. Yeah, you, and you it was, could uh, say that. Yeah, Gibbs yeah. White with a, just kind of a, a bit of a deflection that they actually Trent's position off. doesn't help here. Oh, 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 came off Trent and into the corner. The yeah, Off Robertson and the first one and then Trent for the second one. Morgan Gibbs White not in fart. Are they going to stay up with Leeds losing earlier today with Leicester drawing at the moment with Southampton only Drawing after being 3-1 up against Arsenal last night. It's now Liverpool 2, Nottingham Forest 2 after 68 minutes of that match in the Premier League. Um, you talk about the coaching there and Tom Rovers, Graham. I'm interested, like, is it easy? Do you have a lot to do with dealing with parents? Is, you know, is that a big part of your week? Um, it can be. I, I tend to have a meeting at the start of the season. and, and The ground rules, yeah. Yeah, and this is what we're looking for and, and this is the schedule and the schedule changes and if we have an issue, we'll speak to you rather than the other way around because otherwise it's, it can be a free-for-all. So it's more just sitting on, like, um, agreeing on the terms and conditions before you really start and, like, again, there tends to be not really issues, more just if they can make it, if they're not well. They're sick. We have a lot of lads travelling. We've a lad from Tipperary, a lad from Wexford, a lad from Longford and another lad from Waterford. So it's just the logistics around that would be the main issue with um with my group. Everything else seems seems to run run as well as can be. Um but yeah, it's just setting out that type of them parameters around this is what's expected and how you carry yourself like a code of conduct for them and that's what it's about. But like we've a 
like really good group, really lucky, and the parents all buy into what we're trying to do. But it's interesting you're talking about centre backs and defending and coaching, and a lot of that has changed from when I would have played. Like you know, like the old-fashioned way of dropping out to the edge of the box before to receive it. Like we would have learned a different way growing up. What you make of Harry Maguire's one during the week? Did you see the? Yeah, I did. We were t- we were just talking about it before we came on. It's 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 just a lack of awareness from him. Like he's he's you can tell he's sort of shown for the ball. Don't look out. 3-2 Liverpool Mo Salah Not a set-piece goal for Liverpool Yeah This is a crazy game Liverpool 3 Forest 2 uh, 69 minutes on the watch and it's Mo Salah But anyway Maguire you were saying Yeah the evolution of playing out from the back is, has been strange because I, I, I've in my career when I started playing you had the pass-back rule which I started as a kid that changed that changed a lot but how we would have started playing out would have been one centre-back went to the edge of the box and the other one went 20 yards further up on the inside the pitch and the two fullbacks dropped and now then it became drop out to the edge of the box together either side and then it became where I think the new rule of the lads collecting the ball in the boxes encouraged a lot more yeah. teams to play out that, that I didn't realise that would have as big of an effect as it had and it has um, we're talking about midfielders dropping back in those midfielders that have their awareness is a lot higher to play in midfield from an early age so they're able to take the ball um, under pressure a lot more and a lot of them you see with teams especially who would be a, a lot more dominant you can you can afford to play midfielders at the back the issue you have is when they have to defend and are they willing to defend and can they sense danger um, I end up playing at the back very early because of that ability to sense right to something something's gonna bit of a I remember Ron O'Gara was talking about on this show like Sometimes being a warrior is a good thing, like you know. Yeah. So I would always worry about right. We're two 0 up here, but if they get a goal, even though you'd be cruising, or the game would be dead, I'd be like, no, no, stay there, like don't move. Ah, oh, no, I win. No, just stay, don't move. Like we're gonna see this out. If we win two 0 right, we go with that. And ha- sometimes I think defenders at times need to have that element of right. Let's not risk anything, no matter what. Yeah. And and I see that when you see the likes of sometimes Trent doesn't have that. He's adventurous in what he's trying to do, but Maguire is just. To me, I've always thought Maguire lacks awareness for even sensing danger at times as a defender. Yeah. And I think he lacks awareness, especially when he goes into that position to receive the ball. They're all saying the guy should have given it to him. But he's only seen to his left. He hasn't looked over his shoulder and seen the pressure coming before he's received the ball. And if you're not going to have them looks, don't bother asking for it to me. Yeah. If I don't know what's coming and it's a straight pass, I generally go straight back with that one. I go straight back to my goalkeeper and get rid. Yeah, and then he can kick it, and I tell him you need more information on the pass there. Uh, that was Mo Salah's 16th goal of the Premier League season. It was a driven shot from the six-yard box after a floated ball from Trent Alexander-Arnold from a free kick. So Liverpool three, Nottingham Forest two. A great game, Diogo Jota. Well, in terms of goals, Diogo Jota with two. Ivan Tony with his 19th Premier League goal of the season has given Brentford a 1-0 lead over Aston Villa. It's Palace nil, Everton nil, and Leicester won. Wolves won in the Premier League in the Championship. Birmingham nil, Blackpool nil as latest. Bristol City won, Rotherham won. It is Burnley nil, QPR won. Cardiff won, Stoke won. Coventry two, Reading won. Hull won, Watford nil. Norwich nil, Swansea three now. Wigan won, Millwall won in the championships. So that's what's going on there. Hmm. Well, I do, I do feel, Dan, I don't know what you think. I, I do feel, and I hear the way coaches with, even in the UK or in Europe, they look at players here sometimes and say, oh, well, he can't defend. Oh, well, we teach him to defend. Oh, we'll teach him to defend when he's full time or, or he can't play out. Oh, no, we'll put that into him when we get him. 
and it can be a bit disrespectful to the coaches because you're like if anyone could teach a centre back how to head and clear the ball I'm pretty sure it'd be myself or Pat Flynn yeah so that's, are you, are you going to learn that at 18 exactly like and no. but or 16 again, in the old school yeah, team, yeah. I, like we, we go to a tournament every year uh, under 12s go to a, t- a tournament in France and it's an 8 side tournament so it, it can be a bit different because we don't play 8 side and there's one team over there in France that play ultimate defensive football they play 3 <laughs> they play 3-3-1 three, three, mm. and like they defend and uh, the conversation that was had with them was why do you do that and they go well we produce defenders in there in their academy, so they go. They go. The sole purpose is just producing defenders, and they sold defenders wow. for big money. Like when that's their remit, and that's sometimes when you see Shamrock Rovers in their in their youth academy, or you see, you know, are you producing defenders? Sometimes they're not having to defend that much. Yeah, yeah. I remember having a conversation again. I'm throwing names out to beat the band. Michael Beale would have done a coaching conference I was at, and obviously I met him in Scotland, and he was talking about Klopp and when Klopp first went into Liverpool and all the academy teams were having so much possession and Klopp was a bit like, you need to do more. You need to make the game more chaotic at a younger age. And he was like, well, other teams give you the ball because you're Liverpool. And he goes, yeah, but if they're giving you the ball, why don't you just try more things if you're going to get it back in anyway? But it's hard to produce defenders then because they're given, they have so much of the ball and they're not being asked to defend that often. Mm. So sometimes defenders come out of the fact that they might be at teams that have to defend a lot more. Mm. Than, than necessarily the top teams. So they have to learn, like learning adversity, isn't it? Yeah. Because I remember speaking with someone in Kerry when down there at their first game, and they were actually saying in the, in the League of Ireland underage that they're they're struggling badly at under fourteen because they're getting a lot of guys from clubs who are the best players and are used to winning, and they're just not used to, yeah. and they're getting better at sixteen, seventeen because they've had a couple of years, but at fourteen, a lot of them are like probably like almost like flat track bullies, if you know what I mean, and they they haven't been challenged. And I suppose that's part of the thing now that you, you see these League of Ireland teams sometimes, you know, the underage winning by big scorelines and it's great, but that could actually pose them problems in time when mm. they get exposed to suddenly, oh, hang on, this is a, a different type of test here for you. Yeah. And it, it's important that that's why even sometimes when I see Ireland go away or underage 14s and 15s, it's important you, you give that bravery to say to them, right, we're going to go toe to toe with teams. Because there can't be this fear factor around that anymore because that carries through all the yeah. way to senior level. Yeah. We're going to go toe-to-toe teams and if it's a 3-2 in their favour, so what? At least we had a go. Mm-hmm. So you now you go, we were unlucky to lose that, but we done it in a good way. We didn't just go into a low block of defence. We went toe-to-toe with them and expose your defenders to 1v1s against top European players and see what they see can they sink mm. or swim it was funny last night JD at half time um, two kids teams were out on the pitch I, I apologise maybe I, I was don't actually, guess if you I don't was know actually told <laughs> don't guess if you don't know yeah, two, but there were literally um, there was one like I was watching for a minute the goalie would just pass it to his right back who would literally try to pass it at all uh, costs back to the goalie and if he couldn't just flick it like um, around his his man they were literally trying to pass it out from the back as as an absolute you must do this and I was like if they're being coached at that age at that level to do that it's very interesting because when I was 14 we certainly weren't told to, to do that you yeah. have to at underage level you're not allowed to kick the ball out of the hands as a goalkeeper anymore mm. and you have to there's a retreat line mm. so you have to play out that's, That's what the it rule. Is. So yeah. you, and then the kids get clever, like because like <laughs> the kids don't touch it. They leave the ball run. <laughs> they won't touch it, 
and they'll say to the other player, "You can't come in until I touch the ball." So they're getting clever with it. Like kids will work, like footballers in general. If you put on a session where you say you can only score by doing certain they'll things, they'll work it out. They'll always work it out. Like it's the same with my my young fella plays football and rugby, and he knows that if he's forced into the when there's a breakdown in rugby if he's forced in he has to pass so he'll push another player in he goes in you, in you go so they have to pass to him so he can run with the ball they'll work it out like it's the same with footballers you put on a session and they'll make an EJ at you like. so uh, yeah but that, that's the rule with the kids now but again it's just giving them I think we need to get rid of that inferiority complex at a young age that mm. we can go toe to toe on anybody like you know um, and if we bring, can bring that into the underage national sides as well I was talking to Collie O'Brien he was at the game last week and he believes that he's like why not have a go at these teams and I think that's where you'll see that in the European Championships hopefully uh, Owen Coyle was the manager we were missing according oh, to our producer Aidan Delaney who knows his football oh, uh, off the bar at Anfield Forest are 3-2 down but they've just hit the woodwork there so really entertaining stuff at Anfield we'll keep your rod of speed in that Kerry on the conveyor belts the All-Ireland Champions 10 points Tipperary 2 after 34 minutes of Fitzgerald Stadium, Tipperary have missed a penalty and they're eight points down. Galway, two points. Wexford, two goals. Do I have that right? Wexford wow. have scored two goals inside the first five minutes. Johnny Ward at Pierce Stadium. What's going on? No leech in. Yeah. Um, Offaly, 124. Down, 114. In the John McDonough Cup, Carlo, 21 points. Leash 121. Actually, Carlo now 22 points. They're two points down to Leash in Netwatch Cullen Park. And Leinster, 62-7 down. It was coming maybe a big defeat given they got the uh, Champions Cup semi-final next week. The Bulls, 62. Leinster, 7. Graham Gartland, Dan McDonnell and Johnny Ward on Football Saturday. You want to text us? 53106. And we're back after this. Football on Off The Ball With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports And you're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk John, I'll go with you through to five on Football Saturday With the former League of Ireland and FAI Cup winner Graeme Gartland And Dan McDonnell of the Irish Independent And Johnny Ward in studio with us uh, 53106, we'll come to the text in a moment Liverpool 3 Forest 2 in the Premier League if they win which they should given the way this is going Liverpool will be up to 6th on the table and within 6 points of Newcastle that's a big should the, <laughs> the way this game has been going yeah it's been uh, a crazy game Yeah, um, Newcastle will have played a game more that game is live on Newstalk tomorrow 4th against 5th Newcastle against Spurs also in the Premier League Leicester have scored again uh, 2-1 against Wolves coming from behind now huge uh, goal for Timothy Castagna Ash the King Power uh, so that is you know significant down the bottom and that would take Leicester out of the relegation zone and leave Everton Forest and Southampton in it because Everton are drawing at the moment away to Crystal Palace it's goalless and they've had been reduced to 10 men as well Everton down to 10 players uh, with Mason Holgate sent off for a second yellow card Brentford 1 Aston Villa nil, Ivan Tony on the mark and Liverpool as we said 3-2 up we'll keep you up to date on that Fulham 2 leads 1 is a result Manchester United play Brighton tomorrow in the Cup Sheffield United and Man City just about to kick off at Wembley uh, 53106 um, Partitionist News Talk says one of our uh, texters we were talking about all Irish uh, players at oh, no, so I, I don't, no, I don't no, Dan and I are both wouldn't, wouldn't be my personal opinion but I'm just saying that Republic I was looking it up recently and that was the stat that I uh, I found um, yeah yeah and what about Anthony Barry in the Chelsea bar and took a war from a man in demand says Paul Mm. It's crazy, like Anthony Barry, like as, I mean, like his reputation. I mean, like, like you know, he was excellent on a pro license course that sort of won a lot of people over, and and 
you know, chat to people who know him and he's like Anthony Barry's a scouser you know like he's sort of a very down to earth fella that's why players like him you, like, you hear him described and people imagine this, this sort of guru type figure but he's actually a real One of the football lads. man like but he's just clearly very good and um it's a mad experience. Tuchel wants him and he's gone to Bayern. Yeah, you know, that's it. The, the compensation deal is, I think it's been done, hasn't it? So it's, uh, he's, he's, he's Probably better off yeah. out with Chelsea as well at the moment, is he? Yeah. What's like even Graham, there? I wouldn't go to Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, I was watching the League of Ireland um, Twitter feed last night and Oshin Lang was doing interview with Stephen Bradley and is Jack, is Jack Byrne staying? He's staying. He's staying. So what's the story there? He's not going to America. The no, I, that was, to be honest, he's been staying since Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon. So, um, it wasn't news before the game last night that he wasn't I think that was it was done by then Dan um, made a good point as well where it's in, the, in the newsletter where you're like it's like you actually did oh. it was like League of Ireland club like turns down say 400 500 grand for a player who's out of contracts at the end of the season is actually kind of mad but like that's where Rovers are at well it's where Rovers are at but I think it's also I think probably any club that was the champions might have done that because they know one round in Europe in the summer is worth more than what Charlotte would have paid and like, I think Jack Byrne wanted to go like he spoke to us afterwards and you know he, he was honest enough about sort of you know if the two clubs don't agree a fee they don't agree a fee like he wanted to go to, to Charlotte and try his luck in the MLS and, and see how that went um, and I think it would have been a downer from this week um, in fairness to me and played last night and he was good and people are talking about him again in positive terms because he didn't have a great 2022 by his standards he was in the Irish team yeah like he's been in the Ireland I mean that's it like he was in the Ireland squad about 2020 um, he's actually been out of it for a while like he went to Cyprus and he actually had a bit of a back problem and he's probably spoken about it in here he, like, he's probably not, not got back to those levels but Stephen Bradley did say last night he felt that Jack was getting back to the levels pre-Cyprus and he's 27 on Monday like he's still got a lot of football ahead of him if he can if he can I suppose just stay injury free so um, listen to, to Jack you know he, will he let his contract run down it's a possibility and see what comes his way at the end of the season see what Europe does from this year because he didn't really capitalise on that last year but I mean I'm glad he's staying from the perspective of someone going to, to watch him every week but would they win the league without him I understand his disappointment um, would they win the league without him um, I, 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 are they capable of doing it yes um, it would be a big blow definitely because you know they're so used he's the best player in the league I think on his day when Objective, like yeah. yeah I think on his day like and also they're probably so used to him being in the side and how they play now they have Dylan Watts and Graham Burke and very good players but I mean the one thing about last night in the league probably should mention it I mean like people talk about Derry's squad but they haven't really had them but then Colin Whelan who they signed over the, the winter is a very good player UCD yeah and he comes in like Colin Whelan was meant to go to England last year or maybe Italy and he did his cruciate and basically ended up at home as a consequence and Derry got him ahead of Shamrock Rovers they could have stole a march in them and in his first game last night he came off the bench and scored so Backer. someone like that could be a, a game changer for Derry it's, impressive it's, as it's potential goal. but yeah. um, mm. I mean, Rovers looking very very solid but Jack will be here and I'd, I'd imagine I can't imagine Rovers would sell him in the summer either you know like just for the sake of it I think um, will his contract run out again it's, maybe it's a possibility but I'm sure Rovers will try and try and do it if they can but do you yeah. do it with a clause or something I don't know One of the industries in, in English football given it's a global game over there is the, the transfer and the um, like you can see Evan Ferguson's name on every back page in the summer yeah. probably is he going to stay at Brighton? I think yeah, that's that's the, un, the the information I suppose is that that's it's quite likely he'll sign a deal with Brighton. Now that just delays the inevitable rather than rules it out. It's always one of these things, you know. A, a youngster signs a new contract to commit his future, and everyone's like, "That's it, he's going nowhere." I mean, often I know Brighton say they don't do release clauses, but often you know 
the deal is more so Brighton protecting their asset Asset, as well um, and giving them a big proper contract so that helps in terms of We're talking about a massive like hundreds of percent pay rise here Oh yeah yeah like I'd I mean I'd speculate I actually don't know who the highest paid Ireland player at the moment would be it might be someone like Seamus Coleman because he's there a long time you know um I wouldn't imagine it's Nathan Collins, even though we got a big move last summer. It could be Coleman because he's that that there that long. But Matt Doherty probably actually would have been maybe at Spurs. That I don't know what his terms would be with Atletico. Um, but yeah, look, Ferguson's going to go jump right up that. I bracket. think it shows great loyalty and maturity from Ferguson as well because to 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 sign the deal and be loyal to to Brighton and give them that maybe extra fifteen million that they might get or ten million that they might get on it because he's in a longer term contract for everything that Brighton have done from They're the a very good side as well. Must really enjoy no rush. And exactly. his development in that team, like if, if imagine if you were playing for like one of these big teams who are flopping this season. Uh, well also uh, I think it was Miguel Delaney wrote about like you know, the system of the players fit mm. into the system at Brighton and there's players have left Brighton who flopped. Yeah. So like including at Tottenham Eve Basuma um, you know, you can argue that Kukurea hasn't had the mm. best of times at Chelsea. Yeah, so there's a danger in a young lad, a teenager, there. leaving a club mm. like Brighton where he's doing well and is like in his first season really uh, going to a big club and it might not work out. But not yeah. under not under massive pressure at Brighton compared to like if you throw him into the cauldron of say like Man United on the back of like you know the way the pressure they're under at the moment and things slightly go awry for him. I think he's just been very well managed and very well advised. But also what happens is when if you know you come in and have to make, put in a bigger bid. Say say you know you're looking at Ferguson at the minute and they're thinking right he's worth twenty five million. He signs a new contract that might be worth thirty five. They have to play him. They have to back him now to go that he's our main striker. So you're putting extra value on yourself by going into a new club. It's not just our signing this player that might be an impact player. No, no, he's going to be our main man for the next five years. Mm. So him having the maturity and and the wherewithal to know that signing with Brighton on a longer term contract protects me. But if a club wants to take me out here, they have to make me their main striker to to do that. And that's where I think where a lot of... Younger players think, oh no, I'll go, I'll get me I'll get me big money move now when it mightn't be right. Where if I, I wait and put value in myself, the other club then has to go, right, we're all in here and we're gonna we're gonna mm. really back you to be our number one. Uh, uh, Villa have equalised by the way, Douglas Louise won all at Brentford. I think the valuation Brighton have is higher. I know you're just no, no, picking yeah, pick random, random, random numbers. Just picking random numbers. But, uh, Listen, no, it might be forty million and you yeah, get fifty for them. It might be something like that. Going that territory, I think yeah, he's gonna if, be the most expensive it, Irish player yeah, ever. It might be save it's forty million now, he signs a new contract and it might be ten million to get him out of no issue. Like that that's very clever from him. Because now, if you're paying 50 million for somebody, the, the chairman then goes, Why isn't he playing? Brentford have scored, and um, we'll have to wait and see if it's confirmed, but 2 1 against Villa. You're saying the championship as well, but it looks like Blackpool, they're 1 0 up away at Birmingham, and Wigan also winning. So, the sort of the, the great escape of Blackpool and Who's Wigan. Who's in charge of Blackpool yeah. now? So, it's Stephen Dobby after Mick McCarthy to give it to like Stephen Dobby. Dobby, and Matt Blinkhorn is his assistant who wow. was played in the League of Ireland with Sligo Rovers. No so, way. I see QPR have just scored away to Burnley. So, yeah. that might take QPR to safety. But um, yeah, it's, I mean, Noel Hunt and Reading are losing. I mean, Reading got a points deduction because of financial irregularities, but they're they're looking odds on to go down as it stands. Birmingham nil, Blackpool one, Bristol City two, rather than one, QPR two away to Burnley one. Uh, finished Cardiff 1 Stoke 1 Coventry 2 Reading 1 Hull 1 Watford 0 Norwich 0 Swansea 3 Wigan 2 Millwall 1 12 points to Kerry 2 points for Tipperary in the Munster football semi-final Connacht uh, football semi-final Sligo into the decider 216 to 6 points win over New York 
Wexford leading Galway 2-1 to six points in the hurling. Leinster round robin in Galway, Pierce Stadium. It's Antrim Dublin who drew 119 apiece. Earlier on, um, Carlo equalised 122 to Leishas 122 with a last-minute penalty in the John McDonough Cup. A draw there. Offaly 126 down, 115 a result. Kerry beat Kildare 117 to 14 points. England won the Six Nations game in the women's 48 points to nil against Ireland at Musgrave Park. Leinster losing 62-7 to the Bulls in South Africa. And Galway United beat Sligo Rovers 2-1 in the women's Premier Division there in... Uh, Galway today. CJ and McGaverton are in the relegation zone now. Yeah. Look at Everton's next six games. So um it's got Newcastle at home. But then they play Leicester next weekend. I mean, oh, what that is a, a game. That is a twelve pointer. What a game that is. And then <laughs> twelve even enough. Then that might 24? be Yeah, that might be a Monday game even or it's, it might be Monday night uh, next week. Then they're away to Brighton, home to Man City, three games from the end. Like that's the way you know the way things are going. Now. That's not gonna be great. Okay, the last two games against Wolves and Bournemouth who could both be safe. So, you know, you might you might have a chance, but yeah, I mean that Leicester potentially winning today. I mean, we've written them off at the start of the show, but they've overtaken Everton and Forest who I are mean, losing three two yeah. to Liverpool at the moment. We're nearly up there at Anfield three two Liverpool lead. Yeah, so Leicester twenty eight points on goal difference over Everton, with Forest and twenty seven and Southampton on twenty four. Problem with Everton is can't score goals. I mean, I'm just looking at that. Leicester have scored forty three goals, and look at the three teams below them: Everton have scored twenty four, Forest twenty six, and Southampton twenty seven. Yeah. Look, Leicester's position is crazy, really. It is, you know, yeah. That th- 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 they could be vulnerable, and um, so that could be huge for them now today. Dean Smith in there at the moment. Um, yeah, what I was really kind of heartened by by the week was to, first of all the support in like Seville and Rome. I thought it was fantastic it went really seeped through the TV, and also the return of Jose. To being somebody that might be back in the big time, you know, been nostalgia for you, JD. Yeah. Asher, look, I, I live my life like that. Yeah, if you if you if you've been like to games, you know, almost like England exclusively, um, it's crap compared to other countries. Like, it's way, there's way better atmosphere at games. Like the Premier League is sanitized; everyone is sitting down. There's not really a proper ultras culture. Maybe Palace is quite good, Sellers Park, but go to Italy, go to Spain, go to like Greece, go to Turkey, different ball game. I think the Premiership Yeah, it's coming. I think. Isn't I, it? I tell you what, I wouldn't mind being on Man City Arsenal now. Wednesday, I have to say, Manchester City is one of the worst atmospheres. I'd say in, in the in the modern game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I JD. I'm, yeah, I'm not a witcher here. We've, we've got about 15 seconds to go, so all I can say is... We'll one is sponsored by Yeti at one stadium, one is sponsored by Emirates. Johnny, you mention a young lad, Dylan Duffy, scored for Lincoln today. Yeah, yeah. Liverpool Danny have won, full-time result at Anfield, Liverpool 3, not in Forest 2, line, JD. up to 6 in the table. Graham, Dan, Johnny, thanks so much, folks. Thanks, JD. Enjoy. Pleasure, And enjoy yourselves, lads. Uh, don't forget, off the ball, back tomorrow, 1-7 to seven here on News Talk. Joe Malloy in the chair will showcase live and exclusive commentary of the Premier League game between Newcastle and Spurs. From St. James's Park, Stephen Doyle and Kenny Cunningham on the call. We've also got reports of reaction from the GA Football Championship matches involving the All-Ireland champions Limerick and Waterford in the hurling and Galway and Roscommon in the football. Tommy Walsh and Shane Kern providing expert analysis from around the country from the venues. We also have the best bits of the Sunday papers with Kieran Cunningham and Cleena Foley checking out the best writing. Be sure to tune in to Joe tomorrow at 1. If you missed any of OTB Football Saturday with Mark Lawrenson, Graham Gartland, Dan McDonnell and Johnny Ward or our hurling championship preview, with the panel, uh, James O'Connor, Brian Hogan and Michael Verne. You can find the podcasts on the Off The Ball section of the GoLad Network or be sure to listen back wherever you get your pods. Thanks so much for listening to us on your radio across the country here on News Talk Today. We will speak soon. Bye-bye. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.